in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. And I know you probably know this story well. If you went to Sunday school, I'm sure you do know the story. Joshua picked the battle of what? Good for you. And the walls came what? Tumbling down. Yes, it's a, a profound story we find in Joshua chapter 6. And uh, let me just give you a rundown. We're not going to read it. We're just going to talk about it, okay? And then we'll jump right into this uh, passage of Scripture. In Joshua chapter 6, <clears throat> what we have here is God meeting with Joshua, this incredible, profound leader. And God's having a meeting with him about the next step to taking the promised land. He said, this is what I want you to do, Joshua. He said, I want you to get seven of the priests, and I want them to have the ram's horns. And I want you to have men with swords and armor and prepared to go to battle. But this is the way you're going to battle. Okay? I'm paraphrasing. He said, I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho every day for six days. Once. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. All right? And on the seventh time, I want you to blow those trumpets and I want you to shout the victory because the walls are going to come down. You think Joshua would be like... Should we talk a little more about this, God? But he didn't. He said, let's do this. He went his way. He met with the people. And, you know, I would think to myself, for the children of Israel, this would be somewhat discouraging because they've went through a lot of weird things. Jews have had a horrible time. Even still today, we've seen a history of hard times for the Jewish people. So I don't know how they would accept this. <clears throat> you know, and I think about our own lives and how we go through so many hard times and we think... You know, it, it should be easier than this. And God says it is easier. But there's so many problems, and I don't feel like we're getting victory. You know what I'm talking about? The world's so messed up, and everywhere we turn, there's a problem, a problem, a problem. Today, in the world we live in, in the United States, there's over 50% of marriages end in divorce. 40% of people in America are obese. we got to issue people. We love our Twinkies and our sweets. You know what I'm talking about? Do you realize that 130 people in America alone commit suicide every single day? We're dealing with some serious issues. And it doesn't seem like victory is waiting for us around the corner. And it just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse, you know. And I haven't even talked to you about coronavirus or the government's, uh, government's perversion and everything that's going on behind the scenes there. Or how about the fact that there was 1,650 UFO sightings since 2019. It's like, can things get any worse? I mean, are the aliens now invading us? How many are with me? Does it just feel like, where is the victory if God said it's easy? then why isn't easy happening for us? But it is. And I don't want to be cliche this morning, but I want you to listen to this. People today are a mess. And it doesn't seem like victory is any, it's coming anytime soon. But the truth is, victory is already here. And we just seem to miss it. We've overlooked it. Let's look at the children of Israel briefly for a second. Let's, let's back up to Moses' time. When Moses went to Pharaoh, and he said, let my people go, and, and Pharaoh says, no, and then they're like, well, okay, here's the plagues. You got some frogs, and you got, you got the, you, you've got the locusts, and you got all these things that are going to change your mind, and it did, and he said, all right, go. And at that moment in the life of the, the children of Israel, we see what's called deliverance. That's salvation. And then the next step in their life we see them wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. 
We call this development, sanctification. This is when they had to learn the hard way some things. They had to develop their faith. They had to go through some things to learn a few things. You all with me? And we're the same way. We, we have our salvation, our deliverance, and then God starts working in our lives. And we get this sanctification. We start developing our faith, growing in grace. And we have to learn some things the hard way. But God has a big plan for us. And we just need to trust him and keep on moving. And then eventually we'll start seeing the blessings and the promises of God revealed. And we just have to take it. And that's where the children of Israel now are. Now for us, <clears throat> the promised land isn't something we can conquer. The promises of God are found for us in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. We're giving exceeding great and precious promises from God. These promises are waiting for us to take. We just have to take them. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. If they're waiting for us to take, where, where are they? Do I physically pick them up? As we dive into this, I think it'll become more clear for you. Because we're going to be talking about dealing with life's Jericho. Every one of us have a Jericho in our life. And we need to know how to deal with it so, so we can receive the blessings and the promises of God. So is everybody with me thus far? Uh, not one hand. Okay. Dealing with Jericho? Dealing with Jericho was the key to the Israelites' victory. Do you realize that Jericho was the first victory to claiming Canaan land? It was their first true victory to receive the promises of God. You see, Canaan land was filled... With the enemy. And, and they had to remove the enemy in order to take the land that God had promised them. The land was possessed by the enemy. And so often in our lives, I feel as if there's so many, thing God, so many things God has for us. But we have allowed Satan to take captive of it. We have allowed Satan to get in the way and create strongholds like the walls of Jericho to prevent us from having those things. But this morning, I want you to know, just like Joshua said, it's time for us to take back what belongs to us. It's time for us to deal with life's Jericho. He said in chapter 1, For with, within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan, they were on the other side of Jordan, the river, and go into and possess the land, which the Lord your God hath given you to possess. He said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to move in in three days, and we're going to take what belongs to us. And there's a process. There's a, there's a way to do it. And I want it to be very clear for you people. Because what God has done for us in the past, he's got even greater things in the future for us. So are you ready? Because this applies to us today. Everybody with me? Y'all with me? All right. The first thing they saw when they crossed the Jordan was a wall, right? It's pretty evident. And in Joshua chapter 6, we see the explanation of the wall. We see the clarity of the wall. The wall being the problem. I don't know about you, but I do not like problems. I don't handle problems well. I get frustrated. I get irritated. But the wall here that represents the Jericho is a problem. And it's a big problem. Yeah, how many ever get those phone calls and they say, Honey, we got a problem. We got a problem. My wife calls me and it seems like we always have problems at that house. Weird things happen at my house. She says, we got a problem, Dave. Somebody broke in the house. You need to get home. It looked like the SWAT team was there. Dave, we got a problem. It looks like there's a dead guy in our front yard. I'm not kidding. And it was. It looked like a dead guy. He was just high on something. Dave, you got to come home. We got problems. Somebody ran over the gas lines. Well, why do I want to come home to that? Get out of the house. 
One time Bree said, Dave, you got to come home. We got a bat in the house. We got a bat in the house. Come home. So I did, and I didn't handle it well. Because I just don't handle problems well. If you don't believe me, watch this. This is footage I've never showed people. Yeah, here's a big one. All right. You just stay right there. Whoa! Oh! What? Nothing! Just stay out of here. What happened? Nothing. Dave? I'm kind of dealing with the situation right now. What's wrong? Um, he's really mad. I need a bucket or something. Okay. He's going to bite me. Keep him there. On it. Hurry. Bree, would you hurry up? He's going to bite me. He's mad. He's got fangs. Well, doll, what do you expect? I can barely hold him. Put the bucket on him. Just put the bucket on. Put the bucket on. Ready? Now. There's a hole. There's a what? hole. What? What kind of bucket is that? <laughs> I can't get him in there. <laughs> All right. Just hold it. Okay. Keep him there. Take that. Yeah. Are you still videoing? Y'all stop laughing. That's why I never put that on Facebook. Dave don't put stuff like that on Facebook because people never let it go. <clears throat> I don't handle problems well. I should have just killed it. Why didn't I kill it? Problem, don't, oh, they have rabies. Calm down. Listen, she said, they, they eat mosquitoes. I don't have mosquitoes in my house. All right. My goodness. Israel had a problem. They're standing on the other side of Jericho, and it's a big wall, and they're thinking, this is not just a problem. This is a big problem. And let me clarify, it wasn't just one wall. It's multiple walls. See, we have this idea that Jericho was just one big wall because we watched Veggie Tales. It's not that way at all. For a matter of fact, Jericho was multiple walls. You had the outer stone retaining wall, which stood about 12 feet. And on top of that, you had a mud brick wall that stood about 20 feet. So now we're up to around 32 feet. That's at the bottom of the incline. At the top of the incline, you have about 40-something feet of wall from the top to the base of the slope. And so what are we dealing with? We're dealing with multiple walls, which means there's layers. And let me remind you, when you're dealing with the walls of Jericho, you're not just dealing with a problem. You're dealing with layers of problems. Archaeologists believe that Rahab the harlot lived between the upper and the lower wall because archaeologists believe that culturally the walls represented something important. Different types of people within the city. The upper wall that was the higher end. The middle wall represented those that were the lower end, the slums. And there within the slums was Rahab the harlot. And you know the story where the spies approached Rahab and, and she hid them, and God showed uh, the redemption in, in a plan for her that we see later on that even affected the story of Jesus Christ. Very beautiful, but here's the point. Because problems have layers, we have to deal with each one of those layers. We begin to pull back the layers to see there's deeper and darker issues. 
Because when we're dealing with Jericho, we're not just dealing with the wall and the problems. We're dealing with multiple issues. Somebody says, I want to get a divorce. <clears throat> well, why do you want a divorce? Because we, because we never talk. Well, we never talk because all you do is bring up the past. Well, I bring up the past because what you did in the past. Y'all follow me? Layers. Problems have layers. And when you have multiple layers that are all infiltrated with issues and dark problems, you also have limitations. You see, in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says that Jericho was shut up. Nobody went in and nobody came out. It limited them access to take care of the problem. So what people do often, and maybe some of those people that were standing at the base of that wall, the children of Israel probably thought, is why deal with the problem? Let's just go around it. Why even tear down the wall? Why let it hold us back? Just leave it. They ain't done nothing to anybody. Just go around it. It'd be like me coming home and telling my wife, why get the bat out of the house? Why? They take care of mosquitoes. <laughs> Batman lives with bats and he's doing pretty good. Well, that ain't going to fix the problem. You know why? Because if you don't deal with Jericho, eventually Jericho will deal with you. Because it will eventually catch up with you. You have to eliminate it. Because God's promised land was never meant to be shared with the enemy. Do you understand that? You say, well, we're limited on our access, our ability. Well, that doesn't mean you don't deal with the problem. You don't avoid the problem. You don't ignore the problem. You see, let me remind you. <clears throat> premarital relationships were never meant to be shared with fornication. Your, your, your home was never meant to be shared with the world's philosophy and mentality. Your children were never meant to be shared with Hollywood's immorality. You know why? Because God has big plans for us as believers. And he never wanted to share those things with the enemy. And when we do allow those things to be shared with the enemy and allow those things in our lives, then we're not dealing with the Jericho and the wall's not going to come down. The problems are going to stay there. The layers and the issues will always limit us and we'll never experience the fullness of God. Everybody with me? I feel like this is very simplistic. Now let's move on. <clears throat> when dealing with the walls of Jericho, life's Jericho, and you're looking at that, you think this is a big problem, but also it's not just a problem. Those walls represent the past. You see, Jericho was unique. Jericho's reputation preceded itself. It is a historic city known for its, not just the city itself, but the walls with a track record of being undefeated. <clears throat> so you got Jethro there. And he's standing below the walls and he's thinking himself with the children of Israel, this isn't going to work. Hey, 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 guys. I know what Joshua said, but look at that wall, man. This is a historic city. Nobody's ever brought down the wall. I've heard people talking about how they try to bring down this wall. And in the past, they went up to the wall and tried to pick it apart and they were only defeated. Over and over again, defeat. And some were hurt. And some were left with despair and depression. You know why? Because when you're dealing with your Jericho, you think about your past and your problems in the past. And you think, how is it possible to tear down this wall when all it's ever done is pop back up? 
It's never, ever, ever went down in my life. I've tried. And in the past, it just never has crumbled. How many have ever felt that way? Every Monday you get up and say, this is a new day. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to overcome my Jericho. But you think on the past and you get defeated. You feel overwhelmed. When we focus on the past, it will hold us back from what God has for us in the future. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 13, he says this. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. In other words, when he said remember, God was saying, don't worry about what they're known for. Remember what I am known for. Because I am the God that took you out of Egypt and delivered you salvation. I'm the God that got you through the desert for 40 years because I gave you water out of a rock. I fed you manna from heaven. I'm the God that gave you clothes that never wear out and shoes that never wear out. Hey, Target can't do that. I am the God that did that. And you don't need to worry about what was in the past with this city of Jericho. Just remember what I've done in the past in your life. We are not to focus on what has been, but rather what has always been, and that is God. Are you all with me? Joshua said in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't freak out. God commanded us, not requested us, to stay strong when dealing with Jericho. So here's the wall. It's got problems. They got layers, which makes limitations. And those limitations, well, they come because we start focusing on the past. And when we focus on the past, we can't pursue what God has for us in the future, which is walking, which is point number two. You all with me? If we're going to take down the walls, we need to start walking. So here we are in Joshua chapter 6, 6 through 9. And in 6 through 9, Joshua starts meeting with the people. He says in the, early in the morning, he says, let's all gather together and let me explain the game plan. He's a mastermind when it comes to battles. And he says, all right, you priest, you're going to take, you're going to take the horns and you're going to be prepared, seven of you. And you men, you're going to take your swords and you're going to be prepared for battle. And we're going to walk around this city. Just walk around. All you got to do is get up in the morning, follow, follow the leader, walk around the city. And then we're going to go home, get some groceries, go to bed, get up the next day and we're going to do it again. And then we're going to go to bed, get up the next day and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. And then on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times and then boop, boop, we're going to blow the trumpets. You're going to shout the victory and bam, the walls are going to fall down. Everybody's like, okay. Nobody argued. Nobody complained. If this was a pastoral staff meeting on Monday with Pastor Tony, I'd be like, ah, what? What's going on here? Tony says, I had a word from God. No, you did not. I don't know what's going on. But they had faith and they believed. So this is where we're at. It required obedience. When you're walking the walk of faith, you, it requires you to obey and to follow the leader in the midst of confusion. It didn't make any sense. We're just going to walk around in circles Joshua said to follow the leader and walk around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, on the seventh day, the walls are going to fall. Just follow the leader. I don't understand. I don't get it. Jedediah goes home and says, honey, we, we got a game plan. And she's like, what's the game plan? You're going to tear down that wall? You're going to get jackhammer? You're going to get some pitch, it's pitchforks or whatever need to? I don't think you need a pitchfork to take it down. Maybe a pick. You'd be there a long time with a pitchfork. 
And he said, no, we're just going to put our shoes on. We're going to walk. She said, you're just going to walk. Is that, that's our fearless leader's plan? Yes, we are going to walk. And we're required to obey by following the leader. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Why are you saying that? Why would we do that? Sometimes we have to do things that don't make sense in the midst of confusion. We're on the verge of bankruptcy and you want to give? You want to give back? We're on the verge of divorce and you want to have, pre- you want to have marital counseling? We're, our kids are on the verge of rebellion and you want to be consistent with discipline? I want to murder somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Have you been there? Trying to obey and do what's right in the midst of confusion? Trying to follow God's leading? God does some amazing things when it doesn't make any sense. He does. God the Father looked at God the Son and God the Son and the Holy Spirit and they said, let us make man in our image. So they knelt down in the dirt and formed man. How does that make any sense at all? God said, not only that, we're going to make the most complicated creature on earth, woman. And we're going to take it out of the rib. What? I'm going to discipline this man that doesn't want to obey. I'm going to have a big fish swallow him. And he'll sit in the belly of a whale for three days and then it will vomit him up on the shore. And it's going to be awesome. What? How does any of that make any sense at all? How about the God of the world sends his only begotten son to die on the cross for all men's sin to save us? Does that make sense? But beautiful things come from our mysterious God. We just have to keep on obeying and following the leader. But you don't only obey. But the Bible says in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 10, it requires us to be silent. Joshua had commanded the people in chapter 6 and verse 10 saying, Ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout. Then you shall shout. In other words, keep your mouth closed. Don't open your mouth. Follow the leader, obey, keep your mouth closed, and God will take care of everything. And they're like, okay. Why did he say that? (laughs) Well, In order to focus, you need to be quiet. Learn to focus on God and what he's doing and on what you think he should be doing. We need to learn to shut our mouths and just trust God with his plan. When we shut our mouths, we can open our eyes, see what God has. Jedediah comes back home and says, listen, this is day five. And we're going to, we just got done walking around the building or the walls she said, this is ridiculous. He's nah, not that bad. It's about a mile in diameter. It's about the equivalence of eight football fields. There are only about 70 homes. Not that's what, what I'm talking about. You just keep on walking in circles. We're not getting anywhere. We've waited for years to tear down these walls to conquer Canaan land. And now we're just walking in circles? Why? And he says, shh. You ever told your wife to shh or your husband? It don't always go well, right? Right? I can't stop. My kids say, Dad, what's that mean? I don't know. I'm just frustrated. So I just go, It just means be quiet. I don't have anything else to give you. Just be quiet. You know what happens in our lives? We don't listen to God because we have a thousand other voices in our head. Everybody has their opinion. Everybody knows how to raise your family, right? They can't figure out how to raise their own kid. They got Jeffrey Dahmer living in the basement, but they're worried about your kid puffing on some cigarette down the road. And they're like... 
you really need to get that fixed. Jeffrey, you're down, are you, what are you doing down there? What, worry about your own family. It's always easy to raise somebody else's family. It's always easy to run somebody else's church. Well, I wouldn't do it that way. You're going to have an Easter drama? COVID. Worry about your own church. Y'all follow me? And that's the problem. We're so busy hearing everybody's philosophy and ideas and opinions. It's driving us into the ground and we can't stop listening. And then we start talking. I'm 43 years old. I know you cannot tell. I look like I'm 23. But the fact is I'm 43. And the more as I get older, as I get older, Denny, you probably, my brother Denny's here, my older brother, my older, older, older brother. As you get older, you start talking to yourself more. I do. How many talk to yourself? I talk to myself all the time. The other day, I was very frustrated with myself. I talked to myself so much in the car that I got in an argument, a big argument. We were at a red light, and, I, and I'm just arguing back and forth. And I'm like, just be quiet. And then I look over, and there's a lady staring at me. And then my mind, my mind, myself, starts to think verbally. What are you looking at? And I'm like, don't you talk to her like that. She might know where we go to church. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Then I realized at that very moment, I am a psychopath. My kids are going to lock me up. There will be no old folks home. I will be in a mental institute. And you all are sitting out there thinking, that doesn't ever happen to me. Yeah, it does. You know how easy life can be, but you're already convinced yourself how horrible it is. I'm, gonna, I'm never going to retire. My kids hate me. They hate me. My hair will never come back. You've convinced yourself and defeated yourself before you even cross that line and begin to tear the walls down. Just be quiet. Can you please just be quiet and wait and listen to what God is trying to do? We don't have to have Satan whisper in our ear. We're doing a pretty good job of our own. Our mind speaks louder than our mouth sometimes. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's not easy sometimes. But I want to close with this. I want you to realize that if you can stay focused and deal with the Jericho in your life, God will tear down that wall. He's already promised you he would. The spies told Rahab the harlot, God is going to tear these walls down and he's going to give us the city. And she said, I know, I'm paraphrasing. She said, I know, because there's already talk about it. This city fears you. Hey, let me remind you, your Jericho trembles in your presence. It trembles so much when you make the right move, it'll fall. Because he knows, your Jericho knows who can tear down the wall, and that is God Almighty. So we talk about the wall, and we talk about the walk, but let's close out with the win. According to Joshua chapter 6, verse 16, and if you skip down to verse 20, we see that the people gathered together. Actually, if you look at verse 15, on the seventh day, they got up early in the morning, they got their breakfast, they ate their Wheaties, they got their equipment, they got their trumpets, they went out, they gathered in a formation around the city and started to march. And when they started to march, they knew in the back of their head, God said it's going to happen. God said it's going to happen. Just keep on walking. Oh, I hope it happens. Oh, please, God, you said it was going to happen, but I really hope it does happen. You ever been there? And they start to march. One, two, three, four, five, six. And I met, maybe, maybe Jedediah stops and goes, Ugh, 
I don't know if I can do this seventh round. You're like, what? But I've been there. God's this close to doing something incredible in my life. But my mind is running. You think, I don't know if my business is going to succeed. I don't know if I'm going to be a good father. I don't know if I'm a good grandmother. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'll just be quiet. Just keep walking, trusting, following the leader. It requires obedience. It requires silence. You say, well, that's a big problem. It's a big problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. It has lots of layers. You don't know my past. You don't know my history. I know who holds the future. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. What's in the past doesn't matter anymore. You can't change it, can't fix it, you can't rearrange it. But what's in the future, wow. You can be and do anything you want with life because God has equipped you and given you the ability. We're just too lazy to do it. It's right there on a, it's right there on a platter. He's ready to tear down the walls. So he walks and he said, I'm just going to keep on going. I only got one more round to go. So he makes that one more round. And he gets around that corner and he says, this is it. And he hears the trumpet sound, the trumpet of war. And when the trumpet of war sounds, the people start to shout. You know why? They're going to shout before the walls come down. They didn't wait for the walls to come down. They shouted before the walls came down because they already knew in their heart what God was about to do. Sometimes we need to learn praise God before it even happens. I am learning that. Why would I leave Fellowship Baptist Church? This is my family. Why am I going to plant a church in Dublin? What are you thinking, Dave? You raised your kids here. You're comfortable. You're happy. The executive pastor, you love what you're doing. You can come in, and there's going to be somebody sitting in that pew. I'm on round six, but I ain't stopping on round six because I got to keep on going. And you know what I'm walking, and you know what I think about? I look at the walls and say, I'm not good enough. And I got people on top of the wall saying, you should have done it this way. You should do this way. And God said, don't reply. Just do what I say. Everybody got their opinion. Everybody has their ideas. Just keep on walking. Because if you make it the seventh round, I got big things in store for you. And it may not look big right now, but just trust me and keep walking. He didn't even say run. I hate to run. I don't even have to run. Easy breezy. I don't even have to speed walk. Y'all know what I'm saying? Just walk. The wind came. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, the Bible says, the walls fell flat. The wind came and the war was won. Why did the walls fall flat? They fell flat forward because there was an incline. So God said, I'm going to make a ramp for you. It's going to be super easy. It's going to be so easy. All you have to do is walk up the ramp and take the city, which brings me to Joshua 6 and verse 20 of the last part. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Dealing with life's Jericho means you can take it back if you don't quit walking. Right? It's not over yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God which giveth the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.